Imagine your favorite professional sports team competing against a bitter rival in the absolute silence of an empty stadium. Until recently, that might have sounded like something out of a dystopian sci-fi movie. But now, it's on the verge of becoming reality. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, technology, and your family. Thanks for joining us. You know, we spent a lot of time at Plugged In thinking about how various forms of entertainment affect our minds, our hearts, our values, our decisions, and our families. And though we might not always put them in the same category as movies or music or TV, sports of all kinds can offer entertainment too, and something we frequently interact with through screens. In fact, for some of us, sports might be at the top of our entertainment list. So what happens when sports get wiped out by a virus, as has happened this spring? Or when the only way some people think we might enjoy them again soon is with no spectators at all? Weird? Yeah, you bet it is. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Speaking of talking, we'd love you to join our discussion too. So be sure to let us know what you think by emailing us at team at thepluggedinshow.com. We want to know what you think about our conversation about sports today. So be sure and shoot us an email. Joining me for our conversation today are Jonathan McKee, Paul Acey, Emily Clark, and Bob Hoos. Well, I've got a nice and easy softball question to get us going today. What is your favorite sports movie of all time and why? And as I often do, uh, Star Wars is out. You can't pick Star Wars, Paul. So. No pod racing. Doesn't count. No pod racing. Doesn't count. Well, let, let, let me jump in here first so that I don't have to come up with some other answer when <laughs> everybody chooses the same one. Before I someone takes your pick. That's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, I think for me, it would have to be a league of their own. Oh. You know, it's, it, it's that one with the no crying in baseball, Tom yeah. Hanks yeah. And, uh, yeah. and the very lovable uh, Gina Davis. I think it was an excellent film on the sports side of things, as well as this, this great pick about the relationship side of things as well, you know? And I, and, and in my opinion, that's what makes a great sports movie. It's not just the sports. It's also really getting caught up in the characters' lives and caring about them. So I think it's a great one. Love oh, it, man. I'm going to bring up one from recent. I'm not going to go to the traditional who's yours. Sorry if somebody's going to say that, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go to this year's who's yours. I'm going to say the way back with Ben Affleck. And it's not just because this movie's on my mind, but um, I liked it because uh, it wasn't as much as a sports movie, but uh, a movie about a flawed character Mm -hmm. who um, had an addiction, who was struggling to deal with that addiction. And he gets an opportunity to coach a bunch of young men. And it's through that, that he has to work through this problem. And it was it was really a phenomenal film. Uh, sadly, it earned its R rating by language alone, and it really piled it in there. Uh, they actually even tried to deal with it a little bit in the film. and um, But it was just an amazing film about a flawed character who um, was trying to uh, work through this addiction. And I tell you, uh, I, I, I think it's one that's, that's worth watching uh, if you if you got older high school kids and and um, I think it's worth watching together as a family. Yeah, in fact, it's a. I would say that it's a film as much about addiction 
as it is about the basketball. Yeah, it's absolutely. a it's a it's a very interesting film because of that. Speaking of basketball, um, let's talk about Space Jam. That's oh, one of my favorites. Emily, exactly. you're going there. I'm going there. I love it. That's awesome. I originally was going to say The Sandlot, but The Sandlot to me, which is also an excellent one, but that one's not so much about sports as it is about the friendships that Smalls developed over the summer. Um, I think Space Jam was definitely... (laughs) Killing me. me. I think that Space Jam was definitely more of a sports movie. Okay. Wow. That explains Paul, how do you, a lot how do you follow you that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, she had me at Sandlot. So <laughs> I win. <laughs> Not that we're keeping score. Right. So I gotta say, you you preface this, Adam, by saying this is a softball question. I guess this not. was a really hard question because there's so many great sports movies. I know. And yes, Jonathan Hoosiers is on my list. Yeah, I, I'm still debating which one I would I would call out. Hoosiers was a fantastic sports movie. It oh. it had a lot of the elements that the Wayback did, but with all, all the the language, and it was nominated for uh, Best Picture Academy Award way back in the 1980s. It it sure. it is Gene Hackman at his peak. But I also really like Chariots of Fire. Oh, so you're picking two? Um, yeah, I'm cheating. I'm cheating. In, in the true in the true concept of this sports podcast, I am cheating. Emily um, cheated too. Yeah, I'm going to cheat too. <laughs> so Chariots of Fire, I thought was really beautiful. I, I think that that it can drag for some people uh, because it is a slower movie about 1920s runners. Uh, but but for me, the some of the emotional impact of of that movie and and kind of a cool understated Christian message is is really sells me on that thing. Yeah, All I right. mean, you know, Chariots and it brings okay. and that brings me back to the fact that you know uh, that you know I think of all sports movies just reminds me of how I used to get beat up by jocks. Cause I wasn't one. And to tell you how nerdy exactly I was, I played chariots of fire on piano. <laughs> I remember learning that song on piano, which is why I got beat up by jocks. Anyway. Okay. Well, maybe well, you shouldn't play it during passing period. That's the problem. Yeah, that's right. It. Right. You're all lucky that my voice isn't back yet, or I would be singing Vangelis's, theme song right now but i don't have it in me wow. so um <laughs> we're just gonna press yeah. on here um i am gonna go with a fairly recent film i'm gonna go with ford v ferrari now we don't oh, yeah. necessarily Ooh, think about racing films as sports films but obviously racing is a sport um and it tells the tale of an amazing story uh about the le mans race in the late 1960s where ford basically decided you know, we're going to win this thing. We're going to top Ferrari. It's one where the title pretty much tells you almost everything you need to know. Matt Damon (laughs) and Christian Bale are amazing uh, as Carol Shelby and a racer whose name I cannot remember. But the things that Christian Bale does with his face while racing as the driver in this movie, um, it was an incredible movie. I really, really enjoyed it. It, It's got some language issues, but PG-13. So that is going to be my pick for today. And you know, the interesting thing about this question is um, I think it's been a very animated conversation because we care deeply about sports, right? I mean, we really, really care about the teams that we follow uh, and we're passionate about it. And so the question then becomes when we're in a time like we're in now with the coronavirus, you know, sort of wreaking havoc on everything, including gathering to watch sports, um, 
what do we do? I mean, you know, it's a crazy year when the most exciting thing that's happening is, you know, the lead up to the NFL draft. And, you know, I spent a lot of time before the draft focusing on who was going to pick who. And so it's just, (laughs) it's a weird time. And right now there's a conversation about, you know, whether we'll even be able to have sports anytime soon. And if we have them, as I mentioned in the intro, whether we're going to have sports playing in a totally empty stadium. I I read one article that said for, for the NHL, they said we would have to have music piped in because we don't know how to play this sport in the silence. So I I think it's just a really interesting time and a really interesting conversation to have, uh, you know, talking about the ramifications of the shakeup of the sports world. So Paul, I'm going to direct my first question right at you uh, and then everybody else can join in. So we were talking this week about this subject and you mentioned how much it had bothered you personally to have sports disappear. Tell us a little bit more about that and then everybody else can chime in. Okay. Yeah, for me, this was a. I'm a big sports person, and and one of the things that I love uh, about sort of the, the the general sports year is March Madness. I really look forward to March Madness, mm-hmm. watching the NCAA tournament. Uh, I usually take off a day or two uh, to watch one of those those big wall to wall days with with just 27 games. You get to watch them all, and and for me to have that gone struck me in a way that I wasn't actually prepared for. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. And, 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 and the, the thing about the coronavirus is that it's different from a lot of other, you know, quote unquote, crises that we've had in the past, because typically when you have something terrible happen, you have these outlets that you can go to, uh, sure. you can go to movies, you can go to TV, you can, you can, you can escape in a, in a way. Um, sports has always been an escape for me and an escape for a lot of other people. And that's been taken away from us. So when you think, oh man, I want to get away from the headlines. I want to just watch some basketball. That's not allowed for you anymore. And, and uh, for me, that's actually been one of the trickiest things about this time is having lost my sports. Uh, I've been watching actually replays of NFL games just to scratch that sports sense of mine because that, wow. that sounds really bad. But I really just <laughs> wanted to watch some sports. And so I'm watching old sports and, and it's better than nothing. I can't imagine enjoying sports to the point where I would watch old games over again. Like I like sports. I grew up watching them and playing them, but I don't like them on that level. Okay. I I would totally, I would totally do that. As a matter of fact, I always wonder, I wish there was like a Netflix of sports where you could go and choose like the, Oh, stop it. If you could could choose the year, I mean, like I would go back and watch certain, you know, playoffs and certain Super Bowl. but I just don't know. I mean, where's it like, where'd you get these old games, Paul? I'm curious. Are you watching just the, you know, whatever, whatever cable is showing you, or do you actually have a collection? I got to tell you that this weekend actually, as I was, as I was, cleaning the house i turned on uh cbs sports network and they were showing the old um they were showing an old broncos games games. yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. they were they were Uh. showing and it was fantastic i watched the broncos old super bowl against the atlanta falcons i actually found myself this is how sad i am 
I found myself actually <laughs> cheering when the Broncos would score a touchdown, even though it happened 22 years yeah, ago. And you knew the outcome. And I knew the outcome. <laughs> I knew the score. I knew what every single one of these plays was going to do. And I was still excited to see it again. Come on. Don't you cheer when, you know, Luke blows up the Death Star still? I mean, come on. <laughs> I hear his name. It's not the same. <laughs> so what do you, you guys think it, it says about fans' relationships with sports that going without them can feel so difficult and disorienting? What's going on here? Well, you know what? It's, you know, like, and so Emily, I'll, I'll talk with you since you're kind of sitting there going, how could you like it this much? So it's interesting. I grew up in a family where we watched, I mean, Monday Night Football was a family affair. I mean, it was, we sat down. And of course, when I grew up, man, it was, you know, Howard Cosell. Yeah. And it was, it was Howard Cosell. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was, this is a display of mumpishness. No, it was just, it was amazing. You it win. was amazing. Was better. This was great. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. Just, we loved it. And, and, you know, you knew when Don Meredith started singing the party's over that the game was heading towards the end. I mean, there was, there was things about it. And it was just this thing that we did as a family. Now, the crazy thing is, I marry a cheerleader and she doesn't watch football. I'm like, how can you not watch football? You're a cheerleader, you know, but she did. She goes, yeah, exactly. She goes, we, we were facing the fans. (laughs) We were never even, we were never even watching the game. We were keeping you guys excited. And I'm like, well, it worked. But, uh, but the thing is, you know, she never watched it. And so literally uh, for my first so many years of marriage, it was like, you know, Super Bowl, you know, that kind of the big stuff, because, you know, we just kind of, you know, when you, when you get married, you kind of, kind of get in into each other's interests and football was never one of them. Well, here's the crazy thing. My, my older daughter, Alyssa gets into high school and she starts playing like fun football with her friends. She doesn't like, you know, get on the team or anything, but literally she's playing flag football at, at church. And she comes back and she's like, Hey dad, everybody there is a fan of a team what team are we a fan of? And I'm like, well, Alyssa, I'm glad you asked because <laughs> here in this house, we, here in this house, here in this house in California, we are Denver Bronco fans. And Good so, for you. so right. I introduced her, I introduced her to the Broncos on the year. Ready? What year did I introduce her to the Broncos? But the year that there is a Christian quarterback oh, yeah. for a year, Tim Tebow. I love that also, year. It's my favorite yeah, it year. Was, it yeah. was an interesting year and we start watching and also my wife gets the itch and it was because of my daughter Alyssa that my wife all of a sudden got brought into it and she is now she's like I can't wait till football starts so you know it it did things for our marriage man I'm telling you good stuff so <laughs> so th- so Emily take that okay take okay. that okay, okay. We don't to, have be to, attack fair, to be fair to be fair I do enjoy watching sports but I usually I like the experience of watching sports. Like I like watching it with my family or my friends. Sure. One of my favorite memories from college was going to a basketball game and I'm not a basketball fan at all. Like of all the sports, I enjoy basketball the least. <laughs> I know some people are going to hate me for that, but whatever. Ooh, um, <laughs> wow. Croquet is better, I guess. There's okay. the booing. Um, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> But one of my favorite memories was it it was like the last game of the season. And as the final buzzer is going off, the dude throws the ball from the half court and made the basket as the buzzer was going off. It was it was just just this epic moment. It was so much fun. 
everybody was screaming. <laughs> I was I was all caught up in it. I was screaming. Like that's For one sure. of my favorite memories. I could not tell you the score of the game. I could not tell you the teams that were playing. I can only <laughs> tell you, I can tell you who I was with. And I can tell you <clears throat> how it felt celebrating that victory, even though I don't remember any of the specific details. But I remember who I was with and I remember how much fun it was to celebrate with my friends. Yeah. And you know what? That's a really interesting point because I think that gets to the heart of why many of us love sports in a way. It's really communal. Um, I think that that we all can gravitate to the idea of of being with a huge group of people sure. focusing on, on one thing and hearing the cheers and you know church is a little like that in some ways too where you're you have this this focal point and you're all zeroed in on that and there's something special and even beautiful about that and so to think about sports being done in in a vacuum without that community without the cheering that Emily is talking about without that that connection that we all have that energy it feels like it could be super strange and surreal. I don't know how I would react to watching a sports event hmm. without anybody cheering. And, and frankly, I, I think, bouncing off what Paul was just saying, I, I got a feeling that that people, well, especially American people, they have this natural rebellious attitude when it comes to uh, you know being forced one way or another of something. I, I, I believe that if someone opened up once the football season starts, if, if this, this whole coronavirus thing is still going on, if someone opened up an NFL stadium and offered tickets at a reasonable price and, but said, uh, come at your own risk, I still think the place would be packed to the gills with fans um, in spite of any, any other coronavirus warnings because the fans would say, hey, I want to do exactly what Paul was talking about. I want to go out with a bunch of fans and I want to enjoy myself. I know... If the ticket prices were reasonable, I would be there. Well, you know, it's funny because it is on one hand, Paul, I would say, man, I only need my wife, you know, in the living room watching the screen. That's all I need. But yet some of our fondest sports memories, once I was speaking in Wisconsin, I finished speaking and we and it was the playoffs and we had to go see the Packers game. And we found this dive of a bar and we walk in and a bar scene is not typical for my wife and I, we find the corner of this bar and we sit there and everybody is watching the Packers. And we saw, you'll know what year this was, Aaron Rodgers throw that hail Mary and the bar is like, and literally they catch it in the end zone and everybody just literally exploded we got covered in beer as it's flying <laughs> everywhere. I don't even drink. I don't even drink beer. I smelled like beer. And it was literally so fun watching a Packers game in Wisconsin with a bunch of cheese heads. And so it was this great moment. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be And you say that affectionately, right? A- absolutely. So it's going to be a little bizarre only being able to watch in a living room in an empty stadium. It's going to be different. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to be a totally different experience. Does it make you less likely to want to watch or does it just make it a different experience? So for me, I I think I will definitely be watching, but I'll be curious to see how the experience is. Because like Jonathan's talking about, I think no matter what context you're watching, even if you're just watching a game from home with your wife or your son or whatever, um, 
the fans that you hear even on the television screen, there's such a huge part of the atmosphere oh, yeah. of the game. Yep. And and I think that that to take that away, it's almost to yeah. me, it's almost like switching the NFL to flag football. You lose yeah. something uh, very, very crucial to well, the charm of sports. It, it will be weird. I mean, I remember it was only a few years ago that, that my wife and I got to go to our first NFL game and we went to a Broncos game in Mile High. And it was there at the game that we first realized for the first time that whenever the opposite team misses a pass, yeah. that the whole stadium yeah. yells, incomplete. In you know, and... uh and we had never heard that before on the television. But the funny thing is, so then we go home and we're watching games at home. And whenever we heard a home game, you could hear the fans saying, incomplete. And we'd never <laughs> heard it before. We never knew what that was. Yeah. But now, and it was funny, we were sitting next to some diehard Bronco fans who had never been to Denver, never seen it. And we're like, hear what they're yelling? What they're And we're like telling them, here's what happens in the stadium when this, you know. And it was kind of fun to do. So yeah, it would be a little weird not hearing the fans, you know, all explode or start booing, you know, and all this different stuff. It'd be kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm still looking, man, I I'll, I'll be there on the couch watching for sure, but it's going to be a little, it's going to be a little different. Yeah. Yeah. But for all, for all of those very reasons, that's why I think it'll never happen. I I don't care what people say. The sports fans will never uh, be disassociated with the sport itself. I, I can't, I can't believe that it will ever happen. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll know. have to wait and see how it all plays out. Um, so I want to bring things in for Atlanta today with my last question, even though the absence of sports is obviously painful in some ways and, and painful perhaps because we don't get to experience it with our, our tribe. If I can use that mm. word, you know, mm-hmm. we're cut off from that sort of collective experience. Do you think there's anything good that can come out of what we might call our sports fast? I think it'll just no. cause people. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is the end of our podcast. Thank you, Jonathan. No, we, we know Emily's going to say, yes, it's good. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, be kind. You need to have some words, mister. <laughs> um, okay, go ahead, Emily. There's always some good to come out of any type of fast that you go through. I think with sports, because Again, I do like watching sports. I just don't love watching sports. There's a distinction there, Jonathan. So okay, okay, <laughs> calm <Right>? down. <laughs> um, I think that for people who are hardcore fans, it'll just kind of give them some time to reevaluate how much time they maybe spend obsessing over their favorite team or sport or whatever. So yes, there is some good that can come out of it. At the same time, people who maybe have never seen watch sports might be more inclined to go see something just, you know, have I been missing? Everybody's been talking about how much they miss this. Am I missing out on something? Let's go check it out. So yeah, there's some benefits to it. Well, and I think another benefit really is, is twofold in a way. I think that, that, the, the fast that we do in any area of our life makes us more aware of what we're missing when we deny ourselves, you know, hamburgers or whatever. Um, I think oh, that, that it can burn. add some, <laughs> it can add some, some mindfulness as to mm. why we enjoy what we enjoy. And I think at the same time, it also allows us to maybe reprioritize our lives somewhat. You know, I, I, I don't get a chance to do this very often anymore, but 
Um, there was a time when I would watch, you know, when the NFL was on, I would watch three games in a day if I could. And I think that that the time that you spend doing that is time that you're taking away from other things that you could be doing, you know, going for a hike, playing a game with your family. So I think that, that sometimes these, these forced fasts that we're forced to deal with, um, can have some benefits. And I think that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you both. And, um, Emily, I think it was great that you brought up the fact that, you know, you know, fasts, I mean, are really beneficial to us in, in, in all aspects, whether it be food or whether it be, I mean, social media. I mean, think about the amount of time that, you know, we live in a world where young people and old we each average over nine hours a day on entertainment media total. So that's, you know, sports and social media and everything. So yeah, these fasts can be really good. The one pushback I will say is that, you know, I mean, for, for some of us, it, I, I love what I love, um, you know, Paul's words earlier about, you know, it's kind of fun to have these escapes every once in a while. And, you know, watching some of us are, I'm literally a game or two a week. So we're talking three hours of an entire week. So, you know, I think as much as we could say, yes, fasts are good, this and that, um, you know, three hours in a week is not such a, such a bad thing. And I think a lot of us are going to miss that. So, so I I really, I hope the, I hope the NFL thing resolves itself. I hope we could at least watch a game a week. I don't think a game a week is hurting anybody. Um, So, you know, that's, that's my vote there is bring me back my NFL. (laughs) Well, I think at plugged in what we hope to accomplish um, through our website, through this podcast is to cause you to think about your relationship to entertainment. And we're used to thinking about that with movies and music and TV. Uh, But I think it's worth taking a moment to say, what is my relationship with sports? And am I identifying with it at a level that is at any level? Am I identifying with it in any kind of way that might be unhealthy? Um, And, you know, my wife works at a church, so I live at church on Sundays and you always know when there's a Broncos game at 1125 <laughs> because that service is empty. Now, they could have gone to an earlier service. I don't want to get too much on my high horse here, but it, I think it's worth asking the question, where does this fit, as Paul was saying, in our overall scheme of, of priorities sure. in life? And, sure. and I think there are people out there for whom identification with sports is one of the most important things in their lives. And, yeah. and I think it's worth just stepping back, as Paul said, and being mindful of that and evaluating that. And, and maybe this presents a weird and unlooked for opportunity for us to be mindful about our relationship with sports. Hmm, good word. So what about you and your family? Has the temporary disappearance of sports, whether we're talking TV or going to games, how has that affected you? We would love to hear your story too. So drop us a line with your thoughts on today's show at team at the pluginshow.com. And on the episode page for today's show, you'll find a link to a plugged in blog post that I've written pondering this very subject further. Thanks so much for listening today. If you're a regular, we're glad you're back again. And if you've just discovered the plugged in show, we would invite you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends and family about us too. Cause right now we have more time for podcasts than we have ever had before. We look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. Plugged In Show.